Welcome to another Kundalini Q&A segment. Today we've got some great questions that came in over Instagram and email. We'll be talking about doubting our experiences with Kundalini. I think it's a very common experience that we all have, you know, questioning whether our Kundalini awakening phenomena is valid, whether we're going crazy or not. So we'll talk about this, squash some doubts, and also acknowledge that it's, it's a healthy, natural, normal thing to experience from time to time as well. We'll also talk a little bit about whether there is the potential for a warrior to use the power of Kundalini to tap into it to support them on their mission, on their purpose as a warrior. Some exciting, fun things to contemplate. So we'll get into that in a second. I had a lot of great questions come in once I put out the call. I appreciate you all for engaging with me. I really love doing this. I'm learning a lot as I, as I respond to these questions and so many people out there seem to be uh, giving some great feedback about them as well. So thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate your patience as I get through uh, all the questions here. I hope that nobody's in a state of crisis or you know, looking for an urgent response. There's a lot of questions here and you know, I've got a lot going on. And so uh, I will get to the questions uh, when I get to them. But if you're looking for some prompt uh, support in the moment, you know, maybe you're going through a really difficult time, the best place to reach me to get that type of support is over a Zoom call. I offer one-on-one -on -one meetings. You can find out about them on my website, brentspirit.com sessions. And um, you know, in those meetings, we sit down, We'll chat, we'll explore, and I'll be do my best to, to offer you some relief, offer you some insight, and give you some confidence as you go through your Kundalini awakening process. I know it can be very difficult, and uh, so that's something that I'm, I'm here to offer. As well, I've got uh, you know about 50 episodes in the Kundalini awakening series now on my channel, uh, my podcast, uh, my website, it's all free. Some great uh, interviews there as well with people that have been navigating Kundalini Awakening for a very long time. A lot of wisdom there for you to tap into. So check all that out as well. I've also got some uh, courses coming out that I'll be working on. The first one is to do with spiritual awakening and staying grounded, embodying our spiritual awakening, what it means to you know have our feet on the ground, to live out our purpose, to bring our spiritual awakening from being up here in the ethers into our body, into our feet, into our world, into our relationships. So we're going to go really deep into that into this course. I'm really excited to finally present that to you. Stay tuned for that. Also got uh, some more courses in the pipeline as well. Uh, you can stay tuned for all that, brentspirit.com. And in the description is where all the details will be once it's all ready. So let's dive into these questions here. The first question comes from Instagram from a user named Mornainsatx. Probably didn't pronounce your name correctly, but forgive me. Great question here. How to deal with doubting our own experiences with Kundalini? So like I said, this is a pretty universal experience that we all have at some point, you know, doubting whether, whether this is real Kundalini or is it something else, or whether Kundalini itself is real or is this just crazy talk, right? Valid, appropriate questions to ask. I think doubt is healthy. I think without doubt, uh, you know, we open ourselves up to just, you know, losing our minds. You know, the, the, the classic example would be, you know, the person running around in the street thinking that they're Jesus Christ. You know, maybe they had a genuine awakening experience, but they didn't temper it with any rational, logical, grounded doubtfulness or skepticism or, or taking a little bit of time to pause and think about it a little bit. They just ran with it and said, oh, I had an awakening. I feel divine. It must be Jesus Christ. 
and they go out and they run around in the street and start trying to tell everybody else that they're Jesus Christ and you know obviously doesn't end well well for those people so doubt is healthy here this is also why I'm doing this work you know this is why I'm out here talking about this because I had my doubts as well and I could still doubt from time to time as well believe it or not despite you know like I said having you know hours and hours of content about Kundalini Awakening still sometimes I could be like man this is really really far out stuff you know what are we what are we dealing with here it's it's so intense it's kind of crazy so even me doubt can still arise but you know like i said you know this is part of the reason i'm doing the work here is to be another voice to support those going through kundalini awakening that are having doubts to say hey hold on a second you know there's many of us that are going through this experience what you're dealing with it's a real thing it's valid you're not crazy this is this is well documented people have been talking about this for millennia around the world right it's 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 been at the center of, of, of some of the most meaningful spiritual movements of, of the entire uh, history of humanity has been, you know, this, this transformation. So, you know, doubt is welcome here. But of course, you know, we'll look into it a little bit more and we'll see, you know, this is a very valid experience. So when we talk about Kundalini awakening, you know, what are we talking about here? We're talking about, you know, an energy that's going to awaken in you and it's going to move through your system and transform your system and take you from being just a mundane biological human being to being a spiritual biological human being. So like embodying your spiritual nature while still remaining as a biological human being. It's a pretty significant shift, right? You're going to be a little transcendent, a little bit more evolved or transformed, right? It's a pretty significant idea that we're talking about here so it's only natural to doubt it right it's kind of like if you told like a bunch of caterpillars like hey one day you're going to be a butterfly they would probably say I, I don't believe you that's crazy talk there's no way we're going to fly how are we going to fly we don't have wings that's impossible i think that's a healthy response right so if somebody tells you that you know you're going to go through kundalini awakening and you know achieve a state of oneness with all that is and and find a state of abiding peace and just knowing that everything is going to be okay it's, it's pretty far out and you know it's normal to natural to be a little skeptical and doubtful about that okay i think i think it's appropriate because that's how significant the shift is it's so far out of course you got to doubt it. it's like it's like exponentially like so far removed from our normal mundane experience that we've been taught is all there is right so you know it, it's healthy to doubt i i don't want you to just like completely drop it immediately it's, it's useful here and doubt is useful because through doubt, we move through our waking process. We doubt, we question, we discern, we use our judgment, we hesitate a little bit. And it's through that time that we take to hesitate a little bit that our awakening gets deeply integrated, right? And so once we move through the doubt, then the awakening becomes so deeply integrated that it can't be shaken because it's our, we try to shake it ourselves. You know, we, we tested it. We poked at the foundation and we saw, okay, this thing is, it's, it's legit, it's valid, all right? It's not going anywhere. Whereas if you don't do that to yourself, you just kind of blindly say, oh yeah, this is all real and valid and of course, of course. Well then, you know, it doesn't seem like you've really put yourself through the challenge to build a strong foundation. So doubt is how we build a strong foundation, sitting and taking, being patient and questioning and wondering and consulting and talking to other people and getting you know the input of people who we, we appreciate and admire and respect you know what do they think to a degree of course at a certain point we got to trust ourselves but it's there's no harm in, in in having conversations about this in the way that you are here you know asking me about it right and, and that's what i'm here to do is just to be another voice 
to say, hey, you know, this is a real thing. With all of this said, you know, doubt is a normal human experience. You know, people doubt their mundane, worldly experiences all the time. You know, somebody becomes successful, they might be like, you know, who am I to be successful and worthy of this? You know, to have got that great job or or to, you know, um, you know, got the great partner, you know, my dream partner or, you know, who am I? Maybe they doubt, they're doubtful. They're like, maybe this is a trick. Maybe it's all going to be taken away from me. You know, so doubt arises even in these respects, you know, it all has to do with maybe unworthiness, you know, maybe as kids, maybe people told us, you know, you're, you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, or maybe they told us, you know, good things only come to people who work really, really hard or people who are perfect. And then in the next, the next day, maybe people told you that you're not, you're a piece of garbage. And so, you know, you add these things together and suddenly you realize, you know, who am I to have good things come to me? So doubt will arise. And if you have this type of tendency, well, then, of course, it's going to apply to your Kundalini awakening process as well. Maybe it would apply to, you know, like I said, maybe if you got a, you know, you want your dream job, you'd have doubt. Somebody says, hey, you want to become self-realized, you'll have doubt. It's normal. We all have these to some degree. You know, nobody's perfectly confident and accepting of all of the great things that, you know, life wants to give us. It's a very normal, universal experience to have some doubt. So you don't have to be so hard on yourself if you're questioning, you know, some of the things you're dealing with, okay? With that said, you know, we can look a little bit more specifically at Kundalini Awakening, you know. Maybe you're doubting what you're experiencing because on some level you understand the implications. Because if Kundalini really is real and valid for you, you know, you might have to do a lot of reconsideration of some of your beliefs, some of the things you believe about reality, some of the things you understand about, you know, who you are, what it means to be a human being, your potential, your purpose. All of that's going to have to be a little bit um, reconsidered, reevaluated beliefs about God and so maybe doubt is how we kind of prevent that huge overall from taking a place and overwhelming us right because the moment we say okay yeah kundalini is real that means now we have to reconsider religion reconsider our purpose reconsider our potential that's difficult things to do very difficult things to do it takes time it's intense it's emotional because there's a lot of conditioning that we have around these topics so maybe doubt is is serving to maybe delay that so you can kind of take it uh, at a slower pace, which is fine, which is normal. It's 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 okay. I think that's that's very reasonable, right? Because you're gonna have to reconsider a lot of stuff. I think it's normal. One way is to move through doubt is to recognize, you know, there's many other people that have gone through this process that are going through this process, and there are many universal themes that we talk about uh, when we speak about Kundalini awakening. For example, an energetic phenomena in the body, right? It's quite universal. And so we can look around and say, okay, well, there's a lot of people that are going through this. You know, a lot of people that are sharing very similar traits to me in terms of their experiences. So maybe what I'm going through is valid. Maybe it is real. And not only are there just a lot of people, there's a lot of great, well-rounded, grounded people that are talking about this in, in logical, sound ways. You know, they've got great books out. Um, you know, maybe there's not to toot my own horn or anything, but, you know, maybe they've got like a podcast or videos. Um, they're talking about this. And maybe they're people you respect and you can say, okay, well, you know, these people don't look like they've lost their minds. They don't look like they're making it up. And even if they were all making it up, what are the chances that all of these people throughout history around the world would have been making up the exact or very similar things? You know, talking about this energy awakening, you know, the chakras, deep states of meditation. It doesn't make sense that all of these people would be making up the same thing. And why would they make it up? Right. What were they going to get out of it? Right. So, you know, you can ask these questions and you can be in the company of other people that have gone through this process and, and to know you're not alone, right? 
And so when I say be in the company of other people, I don't mean quite literally in physical company. I mean, just become aware of the books that are out there. You don't even have to read them. Just know that there are books out there. There's talks out there. There's people. Ha- there's communities out there where people are are, are sharing and, and celebrating this process and, and also, you know, mourning and grieving the, the pain that comes through this process. And, and so you can, you can, you know, find people out there that are also going through it and you can say, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not going crazy, right? That's very important. Uh, just knowing that you're not alone will help to relieve some doubts. And like I said, that's why I'm doing this work here. Uh, you know, the moments that I first met a person in person who had gone through this process was, you know, extremely, extremely relieving for me because for the first little while as I was going through this, I I thought I was alone. I thought, you know, I thought I'd broken my body, broken my brain. I thought I was damaged. You know, there's doubt. I'd heard about Kundalini, but I was doubting, you know, whether what I was dealing with was Kundalini or not. And so... It's uh, it's it's very important, I think, to to explore and be in the company of other people. Doesn't mean you have to talk to them. Doesn't mean you have to connect with them. No, just just know that they're out there. Just know that they're out there. And doubt is is very healthy, normal. I think it's important here to be skeptical and to question, and uh, not to take things blindly. No blind faith here. You know, this isn't like a believe what everybody else is saying without questioning and thinking for yourself. No, you must think for yourself on this path. You must, because eventually you become uh, your own authority, your own master, and all the answers you find, they're all within you, right? So you must uh, eventually come to that point, and you come to that point by by experiencing a little bit of doubt, normal, healthy stuff. Great question. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hope that's been a useful answer for you. Next question here comes from Lotta Klar on Instagram, and they ask, is everybody to be awakened after going through a Kundalini awakening? This is an interesting question. I think it comes down to semantics. Um, you know, some could argue that there are many stages of awakening, uh, infinite stages. Maybe there are some traditions that have a bit more of a, a finite amount of stages. But it's not this binary thing where it's just like you're either awakened or asleep. There are levels to awakening. And so your question here is everybody going to be awakened after going through a Kundalini awakening? So I'll take what you're asking here as meaning, you know, is everybody going to be self-realized after going through a Kundalini awakening? You know, the final, like, somewhat culmination of the process. So if Kundalini awakenings, Kundalini awakens, it's not necessarily true that every single person that has a Kundalini awakening is going to reach, like, a, a stable point of self-realization. Some people, um, you know, they have an awakening, but for whatever reason, they don't support their process. Maybe they're, they're engaging in drugs, alcohol, a lifestyle that's not conducive to a healthy unfolding. Um, you know, maybe they just, uh, in this lifetime, they're just not meant to go through it uh, to, to the point of completion. And this can, can take place over many lifetimes. So it's not that once Kundalini awakens in this lifetime, you're going to make it a self-realization, not necessarily. Okay, I hope that for most of us, uh, we do get there. I think many, many more of us are as we go through an ascension and accelerated awakening on the planet here. But it's not necessarily true that everybody has to make it. Um, for some people, it can take decades. Some people, it can take lifetimes as well. And of course, uh, I know that might sound um, like bad news if you're going through a hard time or you haven't gone through a hard time. The big picture, you know, we're eternal, we're infinite source, infinite spirit. Uh, we got all the time in the world. We have many, many lifetimes to go through this process and there's no rush. But, um, you know, like I said, I think most of us will make it uh, if we support our process. And that means, uh, you know, adapting our lifestyle 
to recognize that we're going through a significant spiritual transformation and, and making some changes in our lifestyle. You know, maybe that means cutting out be behaviors that just aren't serving us anymore. Maybe it means adding, uh, you know, supportive behaviors like meditation or uh, mindfulness or journaling or, 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 you know, contemplation. So if you do those things, I, I you know, feel confident that you'd, you'd make it to a point of self-realization, a point of stability, but uh, no guarantees, no guarantees. It's on you. I mean, it's on you. It depends on what you put into it. It depends on your karma as well. Great question. Wish you all the best on your journey. Next question here comes from American Mystic over email. And American Mystic writes, I've been watching a lot of Dragon Ball over the last few months and it has really inspired me along my path. I missed out on it as a kid, so I'm enjoying it for the first time as an adult. As I watch Goku transition from childhood to adulthood, I can't help but to be reminded of my journey with Kundalini. He goes through many challenges and learns a lot about himself along the way. I've noticed a lot of similarities and symbolisms between Goku's story and the Kundalini experience. Loss of transformation, self-doubt, there's that doubt topic coming up again. Uh, discovering one's true power and potential, encountering and clearing impossible obstacles, learning one's strength, union of mind and body, etc. There seem to be hundreds of parallels. The question that keeps coming up for me in a variety of different ways is more or less this. Do you think there is a relationship between Kundalini and great warriors? Do you think a warrior can have an awakened Kundalini, given war itself alludes to the act of killing? I've never heard of this subject being discussed, and I'd be curious if you had any thoughts on it. Thanks. Great stuff, American Mystic. Interesting parallels here. You know, I used to watch Dragon Ball Z as a kid, and I, I, I think I was too young to really understand the significance of what I was watching. And I remember just every night it would be on just before bedtime and I would just watch it, have no idea what was happening. The next day, kids at school would be talking about it and I would pretend to know what they were talking about. No clue. And I would just watch it. I would just stare at the screen and just watch it. No idea what was going on. But it was cartoons. So, you know, it was interesting as a kid. But anyway, um, I am generally familiar with Dragon Ball Z. And, and right off the top here, you know, we can recognize... Uh, the dragon, right? So the dragon seems to be the symbol from from China and that part of the world to represent this Kundalini. So we see it in some parts of the world as a snake, as a serpent. Sometimes it's the, the sea serpent. I think in um, South America, they have the Kukul Khan, which is like a, a feathered serpent, like a serpent slash bird. It's like a dragon type type uh, uh, depiction. But of course, in, in, in China, there we've got the, the dragon, right? And here in Dragon Ball Z, it's very obvious, the dragon, right? And so the dragon also has a lot of mystical uh, pro properties, right? It flies, it's, you know, it's elusive. And, and so I think, I think the dragon is uh, the same thing as a Kundalini. Um, so I've had some experiences in which uh, uh, dragons have, uh, you know, showed up for me in, in, uh, in, in mystical experiences and whatnot. And so it's, uh, it's not unheard of to, you know, associate the dragon with Kundalini. Um, before we get into talking a little bit about some of the specifics of your question here, I just want to talk briefly about the hero's journey. So the hero's journey in general, briefly, if you're not familiar with it, uh, Joseph Campbell, he studied myths and legends from around the world throughout history, and he boiled those myths and legends down to one basic model, which he called the monomyth or the hero's journey. And it's basically the process by which uh, a character in a myth, a play, a legend, uh, a movie, a story, a TV show goes through uh, 
the unknown goes through the known world and then they're, they're called on an adventure into the unknown and in the unknown they learn different lessons they go through a death and rebirth process and then they return reborn transformed back into the known world where they now have to integrate their lessons they begin to share with other people and that sort of thing so this is a pretty common uh storyline that we see around the world and the reason that people talk about uh, you know, the reason that people will tell legends and, and tales and even that the reason that it shows up in, in movies and films is because the, the hero's journey, the monomyth, that's that's our journey. That's the human journey. Right. So in Harry Potter, we see he's uh, he's living in the known world and as his aunt and uncle's house. He gets a call to adventure. You know, the letters come in. Hey, come to Hogwarts. He goes into the unknown world. Uh, which is new and exciting. It's the magical world, the wizard world. He learns all the lessons. He gets uh, you know, transformed. He defeats Voldemort or whatever, and then he comes back transformed. We see it in the Matrix. You know, Neo's working in the office. He gets a phone call. You want to find out what the Matrix is. He goes out, leaves the known world, the known corporate mundane world, the Matrix, and then he leaves the Matrix. He learns a lot. He goes through lessons. He dies and is reborn, and then he becomes... It returns back to you know integrate what he's learned same theme must be going on here in dragon ball z in the way that you described you know goku's uh uh journey of transformation and self-doubt and discovering his potential and clearing obstacles same thing going on here the hero's journey so not to uh dismiss your point here i actually want to say yeah you recognize a real theme here and um it's symbolic of the Kundalini Awakening journey as well. This is the hero's journey as well. We go from being just you know ordinary human beings to suddenly getting a call through Kundalini Awakening or some spiritual uh, development to go out and explore things that we haven't yet explored. We go through challenges. We transformed. We go through maybe the dark night of the soul, which is a death and rebirth process. We come out on the other side transformed, and we integrate that back into the world. This is the story of Jesus Christ. You know, he dies on the cross. He comes back reborn. This is the story of the Buddha. He leaves his known world of the palace to go find out what suffering is. He meditates on the Bodhi trees, dies, and is reborn. Comes out on the other side, transformed. This is the hero's journey. This is this is all good stories are based on the hero's journey, and so of course it's here in Dragon Ball Z as well. And of course it relates to your journey too because you're on the hero's journey. We all are if we're going through this process, especially. But we see it in in more mundane ways as well in people's career, the artist's journey, um, relationships, all that kind of stuff. The hero's journey is an incredible model. I invite everybody, if you haven't explored it, check it out. It's, uh, it's a very good map for uh, navigating life with trust and confidence and to understand what the hell is going on. It's not just random stuff. But anyway, I digress here. So, now like we said, the dragon is Kundalini, of course. Um, and your question here, you know, do you think there's a relationship between Kundalini and great warriors? Do you think a warrior can have awakened Kundalini, given war itself alludes to the act of killing? I absolutely think so, yeah. So, in the past, back when spiritualism and, and, and you know these ideas were more out in the open and were more revered and understood, I think that there were people with very deep understanding of Kundalini Awakening and this energy and how to use it and tap into it in very specific ways that we've now lost. Um, just because... They were living in a society that was open to these ideas, and so they were afforded the the ability to really explore deeply. Today, like you know, you mentioned the word Kundalini, and people think you're you lost your mind, right? But back then, people knew about this, and and I think it was more more in the open, and so people were able to develop uh, very deep and and profound understandings, which I think for the most part today has been lost. 
um, if not lost, it's it's very secretive with with just uh, you know a very few traditions that um, do not uh, publicly talk about this stuff, and they don't uh, you know accept just anybody off the street to be initiated into their lineage. But uh, I think that they did have deep understanding, and so what they would do was manipulate kundalini to only rise to about manipura chakra which is the third chakra right so we have root chakra sacral chakra at the genitals and then manipura which is the, the uh sorry um is it manipura yeah solar plexus okay solar plexus just before the heart right so if you're able to raise the kundalini to that point uh, which would probably have been done by like a uh a, a priest or like a, a mage or a um a priestess somebody with incredible um astuteness and ability to manipulate this energy because they were so experienced and not to say that this is necessarily a good thing but it's just it's it is a thing okay so they were able to manipulate the energy and bring it only up to third chakra solar plexus to give people a lot of power right a lot of willpower a lot of courage you know a lot of those qualities that a great warrior needs right to be grounded right um to be driven right um, all of the more mundane lower chakra things could be activated, the willpower, just up to Manipura. And they would do some practices or a process to make sure that that energy stays there and doesn't rise into the heart. Because, of course, what happens when the energy rises into the heart, the heart opens. You know, it's not necessarily uh, uh, the best for a warrior destined to protect you know, a land from invasion or to even go out and invade another land or whatever it is, right? So they would they would do some some intentional ways to keep it from rising. Um, some may call these things, you know, like a curse or something like that. And some people may come into this lifetime with that type of process still activated. And so they'll consider that to be a block from the energy rising past the heart chakra. Um, they'll have to work through that in this life very deep complicated stuff I, I don't really want to get into it too much here i, I admittedly I, I don't even know that much to get into it too much but um basically you know you can imagine there's a great warrior a mage uh a priest says okay i'm going to perform like a, a manipulation of this energy on this person through a type of you know uh, intuitive skilled way of rising the prana rising the energy up just to manipura chakra and then they they kind of tie it off there lock it up there and then they say okay go out and fight and now that warrior is like tapped into like a lot of great power and they're able to fight without you know having an awakened awakened uh, heart and beyond so these things were known because people like i said they were able to uh you know have afford they were afforded the ability to really explore these things in depth in depth without people coming in and questioning and doubting and and you know getting in the way and making it hard for them also, their lifestyle is probably more conducive to this exploration. You know, most of us are going through Kundalini awakening and lifestyle just makes it very difficult to navigate this process at all, let alone learn how to, you know, understand the ins and outs of it. Um, and so, you know, this is ways that some great warriors may have, you know, tapped into Kundalini. Um, the ancient world is very different than our, our current world today. So you may be thinking, oh, I, I would love to get Kundalini just to waken up to my money poor chakra and then maybe i won't be a warrior but maybe i'll be great at you know a cutthroat business person or i'll be a great like martial artist or mma fighter you know become like you know, conor mcgregor or something or or like uh maybe you're thinking like um you know whatever you get what i mean but i i think we're beyond those times now we're all being called to awaken to the heart and beyond 
okay so so if you're if you're you know your ego is getting a little excited about these ideas let it go um like i said there's practically nobody that's going to be able to even help you out with that in the first place um because this knowledge for the most part is lost or just um you know not uh, not accessible to uh, the average person um so here you're asking, you know, do, do you think a warrior can have a waking Kundalini given war itself alludes to the act of killing? Well, it's an interesting question as well. So I, I get the gist here, like a, 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 the essence of your question here is, you know, Kundalini awakening is like, maybe you're thinking it's like purity. It's, you know, it's, it's godly. It's all about love and act, the act of killing, you know, that's, that's bad. It's negative. It's, 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 uh, you know, it's mundane. It's lower consciousness. It's ego, etc. Well, I would beg to differ a little bit. Now, of course, I am inferring this from your question. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that's what you mean here. But, you know, you could argue here that, you know, warriors, not just mindless killers. You know, you could say a warrior was somebody there to defend and protect, right? The people that they care about, protect their their country or their tribe or their community, right? And so maybe they need to have that energy awakened and, and you know, be activated very much in, in Manipura Chakra so that they are great warriors and that's their purpose and mission in life uh and that's what kundalini wants of them to be a great protector and maybe protection means killing maybe it means like a brutally killing um and, and who's to say that you know that's wrong or bad or evil you know if it's done out of you know um protection and 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 uh the willingness to stand up for what's right against injustice i think it's valid and it's not coming from ego and i think it's inappropriate and i i don't see anything wrong with that so you know, in uh, in the Vedas, in um, in the, in the material that comes out of India, we see all of the deities. They're great warriors, right? They have weapons. You know, they're strong. They have all the values of warriors, right? If you look at Kundalini, you look at Kali, Kali the goddess. You know, she's a warrior. She's she's ready to fight demons, to kill these demons, right? To go to war with them, right? And she's using all of that, that those lower chakra powers to do so, you could say. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you know, I appreciate Kali because Kali's helped me a lot to clear my own demons and to defend me and protect me. And I know that she's out there looking out for me and I feel confidence that I can relax. Right. So there's nothing wrong with warriors here. It's not that they're ego or evil or anything like that in this context. Right. The, the great deities of yoga, great deities of of India have been warriors and they've been admirable, right? If you look at Bhagavad Gita, you know, a great sacred text, it's uh, it's about a war. It's about a war. And Arjuna is a warrior and he is you know, about to start this war and it's his duty to, to signal the war has begun. And he looks out on the battlefield and he sees, you know, if I signal this war, that this war has begun, these people are going to die and I'm going to be the one that's responsible. And Krishna has to appear as his charioteer to talk him into beginning the war. So Krishna appears and says, hey, man, you know, get on with the drama. Start the war. These people, their destiny is already, it's already decided. It's okay. War is part of the life, part of the drama and experience of life. Get on with it. Not only that, the war that was being fought was a war over injustice. So stand up for injustice. Fight. Right. And so there's an explicit conversation about Kundalini in, in Bhagavad Gita, as far as I understand. But it's there, you know, the, this all of all of the material coming out of, you know, the uh, these these stories, it all relates to spiritual transformation, self-realization. And all of that has to do with Kundalini. Right. And so, of course, you know, we can embody the qualities of a warrior in our own life 
with awakened kundalini right even though maybe our kundalini is rising beyond the heart throat chakra third eye crown right we can still tap into strong willpower maybe it's the willpower to to accomplish our goals our, our mission our purpose um to be protective you know just because you have a kundalini awakening and you know maybe you're a great meditator open crown chakra you go deep into meditation it doesn't mean that you know if somebody attacks somebody that you love you won't be able to you know move into the heart move into the the manipura the solar plexus and the lower chakras and really tap into your primal instincts to become a warrior and protect your family for example i think it's all very valid stuff um like i said in the past you had a much deeper understanding of this that i feel is lost um nonetheless there's no need to get uh, like i said you know no need to get too excited about um using kundalini to become this or that surrender to the process allow kundalini to move through you and to transform you into what uh she she needs you to be and we don't get to choose uh the role that kundalini plays in our lives per se we're just here to, to serve in the way that it's that it calls us and for some that may be to be a warrior for some that may be to be artists healers messengers uh, meditators people that just radiates that expanded consciousness whatever it may be so this is a great question here i hope i have done it justice thanks so much for uh bringing up dragon ball z taking me a little bit back to my childhood bringing some uh some very interesting discussion here thanks a lot american mystic and that will wrap today's q a session appreciate everybody for tuning in if you've got a question you can reach me via instagram at brent spirits or email info at brent like i said please be patient with me as i get through your to your questions as well uh visit brentspirit.com for more free content to learn how to meet with me one-on-one -on -one, to check out the upcoming courses the links will be in the description and until next time much love and peace